There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. Hi. Welcome to Rotten Treasure. We watch The Land Before Time 9, Journey to Big Water. I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell, and with me as always is the other host, Kai Bobby. Hello, Jim. Hi, Kai. How are you? Uh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I'm tired. It, it just, I cleaned houses today, so my body's just like beat up. But hear this. Uh, I've laughed a lot uh, because I've been hanging out with you and, with, and Rob, so like I'm doing better. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yay. Well, yeah. you mentioned our guest, so I'll bring in our guest. Great. Uh, with us today, singer-songwriter Rob Aliciani. Hello. Hello. Hello, America. Uh, <laughs> and and. and people further afield oh yeah no the one irish guy uh, there's an irish there's an irish, an irish guy yeah nice. yeah or what is it called jim a vpn <laughs> that gets uh, yeah it, it could very well, much could be a vpn, a VPN. Just, <laughs> yeah they could be from like north korea that we could you could really be uh punching oh. a hole right through the wall we have yeah. theories that they're actually working for the fbi actually in one of oh. our episodes so i love we don't know <laughs> we don't know <laughs> yeah i feel like we're like i heard about like henry rollins put together this like uh hard drive full of like 30,000 songs and he released it into uh uh i think it was north korea and was like that will save them from the inside <laughs> that's how i imagine that we are i hope so it's just going to be commentary on well uh let's see the most important pitch perfect three first off rob i would imagine so, you would agree <laughs> yeah, still, still one of the still one of the film experiences i've ever had <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I guess I kind of do want to talk about it, but it's mainly because I have a question right away, which is, sure. was watching Land Before Time 9, the journey to journey, big water? Journey to big water. A more painful experience than watching Pitch Perfect 3. No, it wasn't more painful. This this was the, this was the movie equivalent of like the music you hear in, in a supermarket, where yeah. it was like kind of nostalgic. Oh. Um you recognize parts of it, but like, it was just, it was, even though I was, you know, I guess the difference is I was, I was totally focused on it. I was watching the whole film, but like, it felt like, it felt like my brain was like solving other issues with my life while it had the bandwidth that the film was not taking up. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't seen, I, I saw land before time one in theaters. Um, I have distinct memory of that, you know, Spielberg film, uh, iconic, and certainly a one of the largest uh the biggest examples of like i don't know that i don't know that it was a blockbuster but it was certainly like culturally seemed significant for kids my age um and still gets talked about today so but then i saw nothing i saw none of the films in between one and nine and i haven't seen one in a very long time and i just felt like i was like this is the same movie right like this is this you need a friend there's um there's not much of like they get lost and the like the, the central antagonist gets wrapped up in like, like oh, an almost obscenely short amount of time in this film. oh yeah yeah oh, uh, yes. i think i wrote kai i think i wrote you and i said the central antagonist of this movie does not show up until like an hour and five minutes into it and then mm-hmm. is promptly dispatched within less than three minutes <laughs> is that a problem I, yeah, I, I think the last movie that I saw that had this little actual conflict was that movie Chef with John Leguizamo mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, John Favreau. John Favreau? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And I watched that movie. I was like, "This is just this is just pleasant food porn." There's no real <laughs> person's life. There's no there's no like, conflict. <laughs> you get so, fired by the guy. So it was not a bad film experience. It was just it it was it was a totally like baseline, even keel, uh, almost like I was just if you need like uh, you know that some people drink that Soylent drink. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had it. Yeah, it's just me. They just need nutrients and like vitamins and they don't, they just want food as fuel. Like if, if we as humans needed to watch films to like survive, Mm -hmm. this would be the Soylent of movies. I I feel that checks the boxes, but no flavor. (laughs) (laughs) It will technically be a movie. It'll happen to you. You're not the first person to describe this as like bland and hard to pay attention to just because it's like it, it's just kind of going i think the uh i think the pharaohs were like we just weren't like really paying attention it was kind of yeah. just on yeah. in the background yeah it was not engaging whatsoever the songs were interesting um the first song was very uh like new orleansy which kind of caught my attention you know, i'm very uh go to new orleans every year for mardi gras and it's a big part of my life so like that was interesting, and was that then, the imaginary friend one is that the one that was like that? No, I think there was one right before that. I honestly could not tell you. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I remember there being one that I was like, oh, this is fine. There's one that had a little like like tra- trad jazz uh, or ragtime. The more preferred term is trad traditional jazz, uh, like kind of spin on it that I was intrigued by. Uh, I like anything with a swirly clarinet in it, um, <laughs> and I remember there being one. And and yeah, Song of I, boredom. Yeah, I think that yeah, was, I think that might have been it. You know, um, Rob, it is a shame that when this movie came out, that you were not like you did not did it get like a, a really well received review. Like I want you have, like you would have you would sure. have amped this movie up properly. That's a great what <laughs> what year did this come out? Oh, who knows? Nineteen ninety, early two thousands, two thousand two. Yeah, I was gonna say interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I was in, depending on what part of 2002, I was either a freshman or sophomore in college. And I don't think this hit my radar. I think I was, I'm going to, I think I was squarely in my Boondock Saints is a, is actually a genius film phase. <laughs> nice. I'm not proud of at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's um, okay. But You're every, safe here. <laughs> everyone my age, like went through this thing of like, have you heard about this film? It was like a secret. It was like, it's this it's this film it's like do you like tarantino i'm like of course i like tarantino um and i do i do you know the warts and all um i can appreciate the films for the most part but um but this is like it's like that but it's like it's 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 darker and i'm like okay (laughs) sure enough i watched it this is genius the boondock saints is the most genius but i also like donnie darko like it was that time where I love like you to throw a lot of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. We made some and weird shit and we still make weird shit, but on their wall and think you're yours. Your generation of film nerds would have influenced my generation because we got a lot of like, Oh, uh, boondock saints is the greatest movie ever. So is, uh, uh, Donnie Darko. And then I remember watching boondock saints and being like, I like this. I don't know why everyone is like telling me it's the greatest movie ever, but yeah, I, I like it a not, lot. It's not well written or acted. Willem Dafoe's fun in um, it's great in everything. Probably a, a, a now a, a, you know through a modern lens a problematic role, but um, amazing actor and and I, it was also like 
uh, I think a lot of people liked it because it was like Catholic badassery. And if you were raised Catholic, there was like, there's no, most, most things don't make Catholics feel badass. It just yeah. makes us, most things make us feel guilty. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not practicing by any means. I'm more like, I consider myself Catholic. Like I consider myself Italian. Like it's a cultural kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is cool. It was like fake Scorsese. Anyway, Littlefoot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so no, this didn't this didn't hit my radar when it first um, when it first came out for no, sure. I'm so sorry. It uh, uh, it could have been no, it could have greatly influenced your life. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows I'm glad you watched Land Before Time Nine when you did. I'm so sorry. Yes. I, I like where things are. It came along in my life exactly when I needed it. Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I can't wait to share it with my son. <laughs> I hope you don't. <laughs> I hope you like. I hope you like. A film. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, does he like mud? Yeah, I hope he, he loves... He, you know what? He loves sand so much that I can't imagine he wouldn't like it even more if it was wet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love mud. Um, I literally sang a song about it to the uh, to the ferals. Uh, yeah, it was great. Um, Good. Yeah, it was wonderful. But yeah, I did like that, the Mud Brothers thing. That actually did make me laugh. That's one of the few things that, that did. so weird. <laughs> my brother it's like it sounds like I, something that, that someone movie? like who was drunk would try to make me call them <laughs> I I think, no. <laughs> what, was the, what was the psychedelic dolphin's name uh mo. what was it it was mo oh mo okay yeah so i think my the main standout to me was like okay this is the new character they're introducing and then sure. getting rid of um, <laughs> yeah they this. killed him at the end you didn't <laughs> that was my favorite part <laughs> so i i kept listening to the and like far be it for me to critique a voice actor's work like good for them it's a great gig if you can get it i kept thinking like this sounds like the mark voice that like 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 an editor throws in while they're waiting for the the real voice actor to record Mm. yeah it it was so it was so bad it was Mm -hmm. the voice was so like grating and i was like surely this isn't we're watching some sort of a um like a like a storyboard voice that, that 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 just they left in the wrong track. That really struck me as just grating and not <laughs> not pleasant to watch. Yeah, I just looked it up and it's Rob Paulson and it does have a feeling of like, <laughs> uh, all right, now you want me to do the actual voice and they're like, no, we got it. We're, oh, we we're got out it. of here. Got it yeah, one. got it. One, you're a professional. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Oh, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta I've noticed. Up. Oh, I sorry, gotta go, go be a checkerboard on a on a board game commercial. <laughs> <laughs> These movies feel like they're all like phoned in, which is yeah. fine. They they're supposed to be phoned in. I yeah. I it kind of comes to like why we all kind of think kids movies are like less than movies because yeah, of it. Certainly, by the time you get to the ninth uh, film in in a a children's film series, like it's there's going to be diminishing returns and this is the era of you know you could put out you could give a movie a budget where you know it's through the floor and there's probably one writer not a writer's room and they're just like just give me an abc narrative and uh, where this is not a hero's journey this is this is there's no call there's no call to adventure um this is just like uh the dinosaurs yeah, I don't know. They ended up on the wrong side of a cliff, and they got to follow a lake 
to yeah. <laughs> and, and and a new annoying voiced friend and, and you can throw it on a VHS and, yeah. and you're going to sell enough copies to make it, you know, make a buck. I used to, and I think this was, was this also universal? Uh, I'm checking I it out. So. I think it was, I mean, I used to work for NBC yeah, universal. universal back in the day. And like, there's, yeah, there's a whole division that was just dedicated to like, like these like long tail sequels where it's like, I think like smoking aces has like three sequels or something like that. Like a movie that not many people saw in the theaters, but like, don't even know what it is. A dedic- it's like a movie about, I think like casino friends. Sure. Um, we like, that ocean uh, theory. We don't need more of that. <laughs> you know, like there's like, there's enough fans of certain franchises where, they're going to be loyal to it and they're going to, and you can just put it out. Now the thing is it, it all goes to streaming. So you don't even need to worry about a physical release. Oh yeah. No, this you is like a, Oh, I had a credit. So stuff. why not? I'll get land before time nine. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Like Ubi or something and you'll get it. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll make your money. It has very like a, like Roger Corman type thing where in the seven, like in the fifties, sixties and seventies, Roger Corman was a guy who was like, I've got, a million dollars. I'm going to give this to uh, all these amateurs so they can try yep. out filmmaking. And that's, that's what like, Frank, isn't that how Frank Hinnelotter got like, um, uh, I did uh, oh, quick aside. Um, I just spent the most <laughs> money I've ever spent on a VHS mm-hmm. because I'm going to the Mahoning drive in, uh, in like a week and a half for their VHS fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two nights of three films each. And one of the films that they're featuring is Frankenhooker. And okay. Same okay. Not, Cannot recommend um, antiquated term for sex workers aside. The that's what the film's called, and um, it is an absolute delight of like eighties schlock horror. And I think I spent one hundred and fifteen dollars for the VHS. Yeah, you did. It's, oh my god, it's super rare. And um, I love the thing. Oh, the, actress who, the actress who played the titular uh, Frankenhooker is going to be at the the VHS fest. Oh no so, way. I had to get, I had to get this. It was up on eBay for like $800, $900. And I found that somebody was selling it on whatnot. And you're going to get it signed, right? Exactly. Yes. And and it will be framed and put up on my wall at a place of um, honor. Handed down generations and max. Yeah, no, it's going to continue to go. Yeah, I can't. And I am, I have lately been going through a big giant phase of just, just B horror movies that I just adore. And yeah, like I was gonna say, Tubi's great for it. Tubi yep. is an absolute goal yeah. of Bihar. Shutter's great too. It's a little, you know, oh. you have to pay for it, but it's um, it's worth every penny. It's probably the best curated streaming service on the on, like out there right now. Anyway, quick plug for Shutter. No, I mean, not no, paid, go for not it. advert. <laughs> I mean, I'll give a quick plug too over here. Uh, if you're ever out in Minneapolis, this goes out to all of uh, any, both of you and anyone who's listening. Uh, go see the Bearded Company. They do, uh, they do like a couple things. One I've seen them do is like a uh, Swords and Sorcery, which is like a improvised, uh, you know, D and D. They, you know. A, they kill it at that. But uh, the thing that I saw them do many a times over the last year was um, just doing one on B movies. So specifically all focused on so just much fun. Yeah. Just playing off of like the, you know, you, you know, you guys can't record in here. Just like whatever. Just like yeah. being in places you're not supposed to be uh, just completely yelling. But like, I'm actually bleeding. Are we still recording? And, like all that shit. It's just mm-hmm. I just love <laughs> uh, it's it's we what started you started with poster before we even wrote a script we had yeah. a name of the film and we had a right. poster and then we wrote the script and then we 
You know, it's but, just uh, but it's so it meant everything fun. to them is the most important thing I love about a lot of those films. It's just yeah. like they put their heart. If people put their heart and soul into like a beer, yeah. I'm here for it. And uh, it's an A movie for me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it also doesn't matter the quality, like how like good the movie comes out when they put their heart and soul to it. Even when it's bad, yeah. there is a certain like, well, they they tried. They really yeah, wanted this to work. Uh, yeah. That's why I don't like like uh, fabricated B movies where it's like we know this is tongue in cheek from the beginning and we want this to be like a cult hit. Like you can't right. go into it with that. You have to go into it with like no, this is gonna this is gonna get me the Palm <sighs> yeah. Door at Cannes yep. and and this is my yeah. life work and so and, and and then it falls flat on its face and you're like this is so mm-hmm. endearing. What do you like, mean people don't want a movie so about it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's, I was gonna say yeah, that's a hundred percent sincere. Yeah, and. You know, and look, it's it's got more staying power than I don't know, Tenet. <laughs> not to riff on Tenet, I haven't even seen it, but like, I'm sure it's great. Your kid just killing it with quotes all throughout this entire episode. <laughs> that's that's one of them. That's good. <laughs> no, I, I I need more just movies made with heart. I haven't watched enough of them, unfortunately. Yeah. On like blockbusters only. My that's family was I like, really liked. Yeah, yeah, the best. I really Let's... liked Everything Everywhere All at Once. Obviously, not a B movie in terms of like scope and and execution, almost in any way. But but just like the plot synopsis mm-hmm. could absolutely have like you know existed in, like a straight to VHS, yeah, um, like back of the video rental store. Jim, will you read me the synopsis? Uh, I haven't seen it, Rob. I still oh, need to. I was yeah. talking oh, about it today. Fantastic. I called it. Incredible. <laughs> I love. I love my mouth oh. because I was just like, uh, "What's the name of that? Uh, Improv everything inside out. <laughs> Whatever. Like, everywhere all at once. It, yeah. it is absolutely yeah, an exquisite fucking titles it's all over the place. It's, it's very. It's very high concept, like a B movie. Super high but, concept. Okay. But made by very competent filmmakers, the Daniels. And Just. they also dumped all their heart into it. They were like, this is what we want it to be. All right. I would like and a synopsis of both Everything Everywhere all at once and as well as Land Before Time 9, please. Okay. <laughs> I want to see which one's like well written. <laughs> uh, I've got Everything Everywhere all at once right here. Hit me with it. A middle-aged Chinese immigrant is swept up into an insane adventure in which he alone can save existence by exploring other universes and connecting with the lives she could have led. I love the exploring other universes. I'm more yeah, interested in that immediately. Great. I don't care what you say. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I love time and travel and universes. It was a better multiverse movie than Doctor Strange. For I say sure. this as they I came say, out right around the same time. I literally was like, what, 20 minutes ago, complaining about like only this reality. <laughs> now I'm over here. I love it though. <laughs> what is? I'm sorry if you could land before time nine. Yeah, sure. Littlefoot befriends with a mysterious, lo- fun-loving, dolphin-like <laughs> creature named Mo, who is trapped in new water because of heavy rain. There you go. Boo. <laughs> Boo. And it's honestly, they didn't even like give the coolest part. Which is like, that AI. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I mean, you, actually, Jim, would you mind hitting up ChatGPT and asking it to write us? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Chat I'll go GPT. over there. ChatGPT, <laughs> yeah. please write us a synopsis for the next Land Before Time film. Yeah, I would like that. <laughs> I mean, that works too. I, I'm also curious if it could outdo. I'd be like, please write a better synopsis. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, can I actually? I want to tell you a thing Mo said, which I totally am wondering if y'all heard it the same. Mo, the psychedelic dolphin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When he told Littlefoot that he likes to have fun, did you guys also hear it in a weird way? Because <laughs> I was like, this guy fucking parties, got your drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you holding? 
this whole <laughs> party. <laughs> I was like, do you party? like have fun? Yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? Who says that that way? Yeah, fun's great. Uh, but party, I forget to in the stall. I got a little. Moe's just listening to Velvet Underground. <laughs> oh, dude. Come on. Get down here. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Oh. waiting for his man. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> no, I think in the synopsis, they uh, they also failed to bring up that fucking sea monster that's behind me. Um, what the fuck is... I don't know. The, the sharp tooth. It's a Lyoploridon. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. You mean um, the, the, the three minutes of antagonist that this film has? No, it's fine. But I just... Yeah, it should have... I guess it... You know, you're right. It doesn't deserve to be in the synopsis. You're absolutely right. It, it, it was not... It was... The, I, I feel like... I feel like Sarah's dad was in the film more than the antagonist and honestly worked as a better antagonist. Yeah. What an asshole. That we guy. Need to kill that guy. No, no. Honestly, they killed Littlefoot's mom. They need to kill this dad. <laughs> I, I want to tell you this. I want to know where Sarah's dad was on January 6th. <laughs> oh, we all know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Get the cell phone records. I'm positive he stormed the Capitol. <laughs> Should I put a, a Photoshop image of his of Sarah's dad with a MAGA hat on and put it Jesus. behind the episode? No, I don't. I'm sure. I'll blow up the internet and be like, this is not true. <laughs> we do not be associated with this dinosaur. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine if that's where MAGA, the, the MAGA folk thought, like, they went too far? They're like, <laughs> we'll associate with the KKK. <laughs> we, are, we are not down with that asshole what a dick <laughs> no because he didn't learn his lesson in the third movie he said he wasn't gonna stop being a dick and we all had to get along and he's been a dick ever since yeah no you know what yeah i will make that i don't give a shit we'll get canceled um i don't care i don't care i welcome cancel me <laughs> come after me oh wait actually i was going to say come after me maga but don't no, no, cut that please don't leave me alone <laughs> oh god no please <laughs> they've got sharpened sticks i don't like that part yeah i don't like that part at all i got tiki uh, torches <laughs> i don't like that they've taken over tiki torches that like they keep the bugs away <laughs> practical it's summertime these are practical use uh implements you yeah hold them as long as they're, as long as they're mounted i think you're still okay Okay, Thank you good. You're really good. helping me complete the picture because now I'm picturing Sarah's dad also with the hat and also holding a tiki torch. With a tiki torch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the only way I can see that situation going down. You just, there's a bunch of different, there's a whole collage. It's like Sarah's dad at Abu Ghraib. Uh, and there's Sarah's dad, uh, what else? Uh, just on the grassy knoll. I don't know why that's <laughs> probably. I don't know. We, we can put. The thing is, is, he's just a shitty guy. You can just put him anywhere, and it makes it a worse place. Sarah's dad, <laughs> yeah. Sarah's dad did the I ninety five collapse. <laughs> that's the that's the one for the episode, Jim. I don't care what you say. That's the quote. No, the worst of those disasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's too for soon. Sure. I was going in escalating severity. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, what was the moral thing that we were supposed to learn from this one? Don't aren't these all supposed to oh, have like, a lesson? Uh, don't jump. Jump! Don't jump over chasms. Uh, it's very literal. Yeah, don't jump it, over uh, it fire. Felt like don't the, jump over it felt like the lesson was just listen to your parents. Was the lesson don't go chasing waterfalls? Oh, mm, no. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. <laughs> 
I can quote oh, you for that, no. because, and then I'll I'll actually put like TLC, and then also quote TLC? you within it. <laughs> <laughs> TLC equals a natural obsession. Oh my god, I had that. That's all I can CD. say. That you'll get you'll get a uh, copyright. I tech. appreciate that. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, their ta- the, their AI is going to take down our uh, twenty listener uh, podcast. Yeah, they're like, this is the one. We're, we're <laughs> We're going after. We don't care about the big, the big folks. We want like, we want, we want to get a million small podcasts taken I mean, off. The- for the record, Jim, I think it's up to like twenty six. So, Hell, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's what's strange because at this point, like every every increase is like exponential. Oh, the percent is huge. Podbean likes yeah. to remember that. I'm like, whoa, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Podbean, for really just lying to me, just boosting my like making me feel real good. But also, I I know it's this. Honestly, uh, just the Irish guy getting a bunch more VPN. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. If, if Father O'Doherty uh, doesn't tune in one of these, <laughs> suddenly me undies is like calling like, sorry guys, we're pulling the sponsorship. <laughs> we need to get more sponsorships, Jim. Yeah. It's it's funny because like 26 people is quite a few people. I had a show last night. There was 18 people there, and I was like, this is a packed house. This is incredible. <laughs> anything, anything, uh, what did Rob Cutler used to call it? The Duchio, uh, which is, if there's fewer audience members than there are people on stage, then you feel like a douche. <laughs> What's the Duchio? Um, okay. So that's yeah. like, and Lord knows I have played to, like, I, I think I did a show where I was in like a four person like throw together group and there was like three in the audience. And I was yep. like, this is the worst. No, that's come on. It can be the best. I actually I was in a uh, three person audience. It was me. And uh, like at that point, it just feels like an AA meeting. You're just like we're just <laughs> six people in a circle. Oh, that would um, you, you guys just want to hang out. <laughs> how many times I, do you know how many times I submitted uh, back when the Black Friday comedy marathon was a thing? I would submit. Like, I was like, what's the name of the show? NAA meeting. I was like, what's the description? <laughs> this is going to be an actual AA meeting. <laughs> just like, That's good, actually. Just we can put it at 3 a.m. I'm going to run it. I'm going to, like, and people will come thinking it's a show, and I'll be like, hi, my name's Rob. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. uh, the only requirement for memberships to die is that, like, here, let's take people through and, like, and wait to see how, like, they like how long it took them to get that like this was an earnest AA meeting. I feel like we could have changed wow. some lives that day, but it never got accepted. I feel like this they is were gonna spinning get... gold if they didn't uh, yeah. accept that one, right? Yeah. So I feel like is that suggesting that like a lot of people are like stressed out by improv? They're like, I gotta like I thank you God for having this place this here. No, this improvathon, I'm gonna need this meeting. If if my experience, my ten years uh, running through the Philly comedy community, mm-hmm. and when I started, I was there were certainly other people in recovery in the community in the beginning, but definitely our numbers swelled as my time went through, and I, I just I would always get these like three a.m. like Hey Rob, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> like, Buddy. I'm like, okay, I know where this is going. Uh, sure, and they give me their drinking resume and want me to usually want me to tell them like, oh no, you're fine. <laughs> I'd be like, if you're having this conversation with me, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to diagnose you here, but like, there might be something going on. Let me put it this way: people who aren't problem drinkers don't reach out to people in long-term recovery at 3 a.m. asking if they're problem drinkers. So, yeah, I always uh, I always wanted to figure out some way to find the intersection of, like, 
a talk show format because some of the funny shit I've ever heard has been in, you know, sitting in a sitting in a, uh, a circle in a church basement, um, yeah. just talking to other other drunks trying to get another day clean. <laughs> people are like, you can also tell the people that also do comedy in AA and they're just like trying to work out their like their 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 open mic. And I'm like, are you just like are you just trying to get your tight five in on this on this AA share? Uh, so it, shameless. How did we get here? No, I was actually. Say, <laughs> I'm going to say I. Well, that's exactly what happens with Land Before Time Nine, and sure, also sure. Uh, I. I wander. My brain goes everywhere, and people join me, so probably me. But I. I took a, a outpatient program back in Philly, and uh, when I was in that, it was just like trauma wars. It was just kind of sure. like, sure. but also mixed with open mic and kind of there's a lot of roasting to like because the, this crew had just like been with each other for like a year and like. Oh, yeah. Not many people, like one or two people, had joined and left, and then it was me, and yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was it was me. Suddenly, and like, you're the suddenly uh, like you're 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 high, you're high on the echelon now. Like you're 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 the learned elder. All right, I'm not gonna keep this on, but I will talk about this real quick, and then we can get back in, uh, with the Mark the time real quick. Uh, no, I I'll hear myself in the future. Hey, it's me, Future Kai. Uh, I'm here to let you know that you should check out this podcast in the future. Like, maybe right after you're done listening to this one. Throw on your Jinkas, Baby Tees, and Doc Martens, grab your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, and join Jackie and Danielle on a journey to the late 90s as we reminisce about the movies of our youth on the No More Late Fees podcast. Don't forget your flannel and butterfly clips. And remember, be kind and rewind. And we're back. <laughs> that was a commercial for, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, me undies. I don't. Yeah, sorry. So that was a commercial for both me undies and uh, also uh, 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 we're gonna go with uh, normal leafies because uh, they're great. I love normal leafies. You should also check them out. Uh, you just heard about them. Um, oh, I lost my other train of thought. It was something about fucking Mo, but I'm glad I forgot about it because I hate. <laughs> <laughs> a terrible character. What a nothing character. I, I felt so nothing for them. I mean, granted, I've been watching these all on 2x speed, so like nice. I'm not connecting with anyone at any given point because I'm at just like, just speed. give me the information. At 2x yeah. speed, this film came in at like a smooth 33 minutes because this was not a yes. long movie. Oh, did you? Yes. <laughs> it's a 35-minute movie when you do it that no, way. No, no. I, I actually... It's a good idea. Um, but, You're the only one that watched it at regular speed. I I'm watched sorry. it at regular speed. I should have told you not to. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. It, it was not long. It was like, like an episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> Honestly, I'll use that as a quote. Stop saying yeah. so many wonderful things. That's no, it. Yeah. No, nothing but it gold. Is. It's 100% par- it's like only side outlet. by side. <laughs> Sopranos, Live Before Time 9. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it came out around the same time so like you know culturally they were oh, both there's this post 9-11 world we're all trying to deal with it you know we need to like dip our toes in uh new, new jersey organized crime and also dip our toes in the big water we we already had like a one that was like kind of like made fun of or paralleled the lone ranger it was the lone fucking dinosaur i think literally sure. they just said that really? Uh, yeah, great, because they could just did a throwaway one. I forget it was like five or uh, I don't remember which one it was. It was who gives a shit. Little it was one of, gets a hangnail. Right. If I've got a couple of ones that Jim seems to hate, do you have any other alternatives adaptations that you think could, would better uh, be done than the Lone Ranger for uh, well, for, for the Land Before Time franchise? I would love to see a Land Before Time adaptation of uh, what's that movie? Oh, my favorite year. 
Uh, it was a movie that came out in, I think, the late 80s, early 90s, and starred, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, God, was it Jeremy Irons? No, no, Peter O'Toole. It was Peter okay. O'Toole uh, okay. playing this, like, kind of swashbuckling old Hollywood star. Uh, I just want everything to be adapted. This is one of my favorite films. I'm open um, to this. Yeah, it has Jessica Harper in it. <laughs> and it's basically, it's all about, like, it's kind of a... Um, pastiche of like the Sid Caesar, uh, like golden age of television and working in like very early sketch comedy TV. So I'd love to just see a writer's room full of our dinosaur friends yeah. where, where Littlefoot has to like take an old <laughs> long neck around who's drunk constantly and keep him, keep him on the right, on the up and up until the day of the show. It's basically like get into the Greek. Okay. Um, <laughs> Will so, there be like a mega uh, joint of just copious amounts of variations of drugs as well in that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, so so it would be more With alcohol. Jeffrey? Definitely alcohol. If it was my favorite year, um, but he probably had a snuff box too or something. Everybody was doing something weird back then. I would love to see that like uh, that just escort mission of Littlefoot having to get like an old uh, old Hollywood long neck around whatever we're calling the area that they are working, working in ancient television and then probably Smokey and the Bandit. I really love Smokey and the Bandit. It's one of my favorite, favorite movies. Uh, And uh, yeah, a little, just little foot. And who would be the bandit? Oh, probably. I I mean, I guess it's gotta be little foot. He's the, Dude, do I, I keep saying this? Do Spike and Ducky always when you need a duo? Yeah, that's a good just idea. Just do that, you know. Are they dating? Where's the where are we landed on that? Hold no, on, they are siblings. They're siblings. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're adopted. Spike siblings. was adopted. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if modern pornography has taught me anything, that's totally. And <laughs> 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 I go where they kind of porn that exists anymore exploits that relationship in a way that I'm not comfortable with. So I agree, they're siblings, and that's sacred, and they should not be lovers in the Smoking the Bandit adaptation of. Uh, <laughs> so like, why are you stuck in the washer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotta wait till we get at least to land before time thirty before we like start. There's still. <laughs> We got we got time thirty. Yeah, they gotta, colon, they're old enough now. It's not <laughs> and I'm like, it's still weird, guys. And, it's no, still and, weird. And Petrie comes out as gay finally, sure. <laughs> which would be great. Uh, Littlefoot comes out as non-binary, which would be good sure. because I think people want that. And I think most people read like Sarah is queer. Uh, I think people like I don't know what why it keeps coming up, but I've heard this from a variety of people. I don't want to uh, put that on queer people. I'm going to blame all my queer friends for saying that to me. Mm. (laughs) So I'm going to, Jim, as a queer person, I'm going to. I'm going to take that. I'll take the heat. (laughs) I blame all queer people for having this opinion. (laughs) Jim is totally fine. You leave my straight man alone. (laughs) (laughs) I will protect you forever, Jim. (laughs) Thank you, Kai. I don't know if you, when I said Jessica Harper, if that rang any bells, because I don't know her from much. But uh, when I looked up her work, I, I, uh, I was like, oh, I know her because of the movie Phantom of the Paradise, which is the movie I sure. told Brian De Palma movie. What's up? Brian De Palma movie was Phantom of the. I don't know if it was. I don't know who Wasn't did that. Phantom of the Paradise. The uh, Paul Williams. It was, no, it was directed by Brian De Palma. Um uh, our Patreon uh, Captain's Log member would be very upsetting if he heard this episode because I watched this movie for the first time with him. We made a night of it. He was like, you gotta, like, it's his, like I think it's, I don't know if it's his favorite movie, but it's one of his favorite movies. And I loved it. It's so absurd. 
If I you're want into Phantom Land Before Time, Phantom of the Paradise. I want sure. Land Before Time, uh, Phantom of the, I don't know, Dinosaurus Rex. You should watch uh, next Phantom movie. You should watch Phantom Adaptation. Uh, Phantom of the Opera Adaptation is uh, Phantom of the Mall, colon, Eric's Revenge. Okay, hold on. Let me look this uh, up. This okay, is a real movie. Okay, all right, here we go. <laughs> Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, titled and presented like it is a sequel. Mm-hmm. It is not. Oh, Polly Shore's <laughs> in this. Polly Shore is very much in this. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. no. In, in, in maybe his most muted role. Mm-hmm. It stars. It, there's there's like no good people in this movie, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 in that really great subgenre of '80s horror that it's like where that took place in malls. So you've got like Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, Chopping Mall, which is it has a million titles. Chopping Mall is the least accurate because it involves like murder murder security robots that do not chop. They fire lasers. <laughs> um, and I think what else uh, was a mall-based uh, horror movie from back then? Oh, I'm forgetting. But like, th- if you if you ever want like a really good B movie, B 80s horror B movie double feature, Phantom mm-hmm. of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, and Chopping Mall back to back is you, you. It's a gonna be a good night. I'm, uh, yeah. Go ahead. This review says one star worse than Montezuma's Revenge. Yeah, nice. Right. Well, that's not even. Well, I mean, that's not a film. That's a that's a gastrointestinal issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I love that that there's a, a very vast difference between Rotten Treasure scoring and Amazon.com. Uh, so sure. Amazon gives it a 4.4. Yeah, uh, it's great. Right. Whereas, <laughs> according to uh, uh, Rotten Treasure, Jim, can you say Rotten Treasure? Yeah, Rotten Treasure. Thanks. I'll put that over it. Uh, <laughs> it has a uh, 35%. Yeah, just. Like, yeah, but what's there's the audience a, score? That's uh, the audience ooh. score. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. yeah. The the critic score is non-existent. So good. It's Come so on. good. It's hey. it's, oh, it's so gratuitous. And I, I think, mean, there's uh, a reason why How Did This Get Made uses the Amazon reviews because people who love it will go to Amazon and be like, oh, I love this. This is the greatest yeah, thing I've ever it's seen. It's great. It's great. Are people who just like one star restaurants just going to Rotten Treasure? They're like, I'm going to tell them this fucking movie is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst fucking thing I've ever. I wanted to see. So, where was the mall? There wasn't enough mall. Like, I don't know if there was. <laughs> I should actually write a review. Let me do that right now. <laughs> where was the enough mall? <laughs> where's the, where's the Orange Julius? <laughs> I mean, if there's not a pack on, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm just saying it right here, right now. No, I, uh, I'm actually, Jim. You want to add this to the bonus episodes that we say we're gonna do and never do? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Great. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just think I'm just gonna watch it for fun. Holly <laughs> so, Shorathon. Yes. I watch actually, all nine of his movies. I like saying this stuff on episodes because then people who vote. We'll be like, come on, guys, please. If we put this up there, know that we want you to vote for this because I would love to do a Polly Shore run. <laughs> Everything but Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge is is terrible. Well, I guess eh, Encino Man's not bad. I have a soft spot for Biodome. Knowing full Biodome well that it's has like, like the first on-screen appearance of Tenacious D. Yeah, it does. No way, really. Uh huh. Very. They're on a college campus. Yeah. There was like super early, like before the HBO. I think they were literally just like doing like open mics in 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 L.A. and got, you know, picked up. But, yeah, this is like late. No, mid 90s. Tenacious D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was like Jack Black had been in like 
dead man walking. Or, yeah, like, yeah. He he like just kind of showed up in things once in a while, and then he was it, a revelation in high fidelity. Oh, he's oh, fantastic in that. Oh, I love holds him up. That. Movie holds up. John Cusack's character is an asshole in it for sure, but but that's the point. But, but that's the point. Film holds yeah. up. Holds up. I think my favorite Jack Black role has definitely been in Cable Guy because he's just this voice of like, dude, no, fuck he this guy. guy. He's, yeah, he's just that friend who's just like, yeah. dude, stop hanging out with Jim Carrey. This dude is fucking going to kill you. <laughs> we can all agree that his best role is not Shallow Hal. Oh, first off, I really like the way he tailbone shamed. <laughs> that was my favorite part of it. <laughs> Anyone listening? Oh, for we have doggy oh, tail listeners. Movie. We love you. We're we're here for you. I'm oh, so wild movie. Oh no, the fact that that movie existed is we, insane. Me and my friends rented that. Sure. On, f- from Blockbuster because we were like, this is going to be great because I must have been like 11 when that movie came out, which means I was prime audience for that, and I did not like it. I did. I didn't like Shallow How. <laughs> It didn't work on like any. It, it was. It wasn't funny enough to get past how mean it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like y- you can be mean, but you have to be like very funny. Like everything yeah. works if you're funny enough. Like that's. It, it. It. You know, not everything. Not everything. Oh yeah. But, like a lot. Uh, being being exceptionally hilarious can 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 cover up a lot of sense. But um, but that movie was so far off the mark. I think my favorite Jack Black movie. Might be Saving Silverman. I oh, really, it, yeah. oh, yeah, I love Saving Silverman. I really love that movie. I it's uh, Jason it, Biggs it, and shit. That was like one of his first big ones after doing mm-hmm. American Pie, right? Yeah, and it was. It's. I also. I am a sucker for Steve Zahn. Like anything. me too. We we actually anything. uh talked about that recently because we do? we uh we did yeah. an episode. Actually, oddly enough, we just promoted them early in the episode. We did an episode on No More Late Fees on Daddy Daycare. So uh, folks, go over to that. Uh, go to No More Late Fees. And, and I said that's that, in that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Steve Zahn had a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's in the new season of Righteous Gemstones that I haven't seen, and he was really White good Lotus in White Lotus. That was a really yeah. cool like. You know, later later career comeback for him. He's in a show called Treme on HBO. That's all about. It's an, probably my one of my favorite shows of all time. It's about New Orleans post Katrina, and he plays um, a very prominent character in it throughout the whole series. Uh, he just, I I think he's yeah, I think he's the best. I love I love Steve Song. He's, he's a very underrated actor <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, also Joyride. Let's don't don't rob him of that. Oh yeah, no, I would never. <laughs> I hate uh, reality bites. I watched that movie way too many times. I really, I, I don't know why Joyride was one of those ones on repeat for me. But honestly, having that be like an ADHD, I think it's an ADHD thing for us to be like same song, same movie, go go go. Um, I could be wrong, whatever. It could be just a Kai thing, but I, I couldn't help it. That movie, and actually, oddly enough, American Pie as well. As I mentioned it, I watched sure. that way too many fucking times. I mean, it was, it was an absolute cultural moment for i just watched it and i was like oh this is has a nicer message than i expected it to obviously there's super problematic scenes within it but the overall message was 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 like oh sex isn't that big of a deal and like uh it'll happen when it happens and it's totally fine how uh, what's gonna happen with you and you know some some characters like oh if you like are a genuine person then you can be in a relationship with someone you're like wow it was like 
it's it's okay for anyone to have like an earnest sexual desire. You don't have to like hide it if you're, you know, uh, a woman. You don't have to like it. There were some moments like okay, this is a little ahead of its time in certain areas, and then other is a totally <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yeah. Sad. But like I mean, it was the late nineties. It like it uh, you know not to let an era kind of forgive content, but like good lord was culturally the late nineties where I lived. Mm-hmm. Right, I wore a zoot suit with a chain wallet to prom, <laughs> y'all. Wow! Wow! Because ska and swing music. No, yeah, really. Pop. I was in a ska band. I was in a. Really? Ska. I played. I played saxophone in a ska band. So, like, that's how old I am. <laughs> I know that at least two of our uh, our guests have actually been in a ska band. Uh, Ryan Clark, one of our. Uh, yes. Yeah, he was also. Uh, shout out to Plastic Refund, long live Plastic Refund, who had a song called Beat Up by Band Kids, which is just the perspective that the band kids were the bullies instead. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just I, love I the twist. A, <laughs> the ska band I was in was called Dolomite, and we had a song called The Girls Don't Like Us. So, like, That's great. You know, you're right with you know. Yeah, you do. I was, <laughs> wow. I was in a failed uh, ska band, which I know it was just redundant, but I was in a <laughs> failed ska band. <laughs> Uh, it just, the, I, I say it failed because we never even practiced, but we like sure. all formed, and I did this in like 2014. So like, oh, well past it. What wave was that? <laughs> but we're on like fifth wave. Uh, <laughs> even uh, uh, even real big fish had stopped at this point, but we we tried to put like something together, and we were like, I don't think there's I don't think there's a market for this. Let's not do this. But we had a killer name. Which was uh, Sean McGettigan and the McGettiganettes. That's a good name. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I, I, I think it. it's the reason why I consider it actually saying instead of all caps that my improv team out here should name themselves Bailey and the Baileyanettes. I just thought it would be funny to pick a teammate. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? I still think, uh, guys, if you're listening, it's just, we should consider it. We don't have a social media yet. Let's let's keep that up. You know, optional. Keep it going. Uh, I had to check to see because I was trying to think of like 90s content and I uh, had thought of season 12 of Real World, which is what I've been rewatching. And I've realized I was wrong. It's 2002, but it is still, nevertheless, a very American pie channel like vibe time for me. Definitely. Um, I was always, um, you know, I I watched Real World since the, the first season and, uh, you know, but I was always a road rules person. That was my, and not not the challenge, like the actual, just straight like, up road ruling it. <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was such a good show. Um, I, I grew up uh, MT like early '90s MTV got me through. This is the weirdest personal connection. My, Please do. <laughs> my grandmother. I'm gonna get sad, but it's great. Wait, She's, do you have a grandma connection to Real World or Road Rules? Because I, I have, have one never, for Real World. I have a grandma <laughs> connection to early '90s. MTV in general, and specifically, okay. Uh, Beavis and Butter would be the one everybody knows because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it survived. But then a little more, yeah. a little more like the Max. I think people did also might still remember, but like the Brothers Grunt, no one remembers the Brothers Grunt. Nope. Aeon Flux, uh, MTV's Oddities. This all got me. Th- my my grandmother was on hospice when I was very young and passed away uh, in like ninety one or 92 and um but for the better part of like a year and a half we were going to her house every single day she had her hospital bed set up in the ground floor we'd go down and we'd talk to her and then my parents my mom would just sit there with her sisters and talk to her mom for like hours so every day we were doing this and i would go upstairs and just watch just 
mid-afternoon to early evening MTV mm-hmm. and probably too young to, you know, I was under 10, yep. just, just getting like Beavis and Butthead, uh, just right to the face. And man, I, so much of, I think so much of what I find funny is like that, The Simpsons, Mystery Science Theater 3000, and like early 90s Saturday Night Live is like that was like, uh, you know, foundational. Um, that kind of like weird, you know, just just like, uh, you know, certainly with the Beavis and Butthead, like burnout humor. Was, oh, I must have watched Beavis and Butthead do America also like 20 or oh 25 times. And that film yeah. really was. It was something else. I actually, at one point, I lost it. I had like a, a bunch of seasons on DVD. I might still have them. It's a, uh, it, it's it. You know, not all of it holds up, but like, it oh, was, I'm sure. I have to. Yeah, I have no idea. I haven't watched it in so long. <laughs> Probably yeah. not by a long, but, like a long. But it, you know, it 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 was certainly it certainly was a cultural. You know, any any show that comes out and really gets the religious right worked up. Okay, by me. <laughs> I'll, once again, it, it could be the quote. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like a uh, given. All those things that you just said, it, it really does remind me of how in like the in the nineties, comedy co- started getting taken over by people who were like, "Well, I grew up on television, and I yes. and I want to write 100%. things that are making fun of television." 100%. Yeah, we, yeah like this. The Simpsons is the perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah. and now where it's like, yeah, my friends and I would from throughout all of high school and then throughout most of college, like almost would exclusively communicate with Simpsons quotes from, you know, from the seasons that everyone thinks are the best seasons. you know, season three through like probably nine, maybe eight, but like there was some good stuff at nine, yeah. but like that, that, that uh, seven year run was just like, you know, I don't know that anything could ever touch it. I I am told that the show is getting good again because the people that grew up watching the good seasons mm-hmm. are now writing for it. Oh wow, uh, it's wild. Oh because, yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, there's no end in sight. So I'm 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 gonna dip my toes back in. I'm I I am very hurt from uh from like the early 2000 Simpsons on to you know four years ago or whatever, but. You know, Seasons I, eleven I is like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I, I do respect the longevity. I do, res- you know, you have to. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's at this point, what what are our American television institutions that are still surviving? What Meet the Press? Uh, <laughs> 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 Say the Tonight Show. Um, you know, uh, Saturday Night Live certainly. Uh, you know, love it or hate it, it's an institution. Um, but like non non Night Live is program. one that comes in waves. Hmm. Like oh, Saturday yeah. Live comes in waves. Oh, like there's definitely that has its ebbs and flows. Yeah. Uh, I you know, I remember I, I it was an NBC page when I uh, just got out of college and I worked SNL and you know, I was there during uh, I was there on the studio floor the night Dick in a Box premiered and I remember <laughs> I remember okay. watching being like this is important. It's culturally significant. It is enough for people. Baby, like, I remember yeah. watching it going, "This is going to mean this something is significant." I'm watching something important. Sure enough, you know, I was a page with uh, I was a page with Aubrey Plaza. Uh, we gave tours together. Um, that and uh, and she left the she left the page program like very early. You can only be an NBC page for a year at most. Mm-hmm. Um, usually people don't last that long because they'll get a job somewhere. It's like, 
you know, you're, you're not guaranteed to get a job, but like, if you don't get a job, you kind of know why, mm-hmm. um, you have to like try hard not to get hired somewhere in the industry if you're a page. So, but Aubrey, uh, Aubrey, um, Aubrey Plaza didn't, didn't like it and wanted to leave. And we're like, what are you doing? Nobody leaves. It's harder to get into than Harvard. What are you doing? Just like stay and, and then you can go, you know, give it a shot in LA. It's like, Aubrey, like nobody, like, it's a really, it's a long shot. What are you doing? Like you're giving up this thing. And, She's like, I don't know. And she's just like her character. Most of her characters, certainly early in her career, were just very much like she was in real life. And uh, <laughs> mm. she fucking showed us, man. Oh, hell yeah. When you get hired to literally just show up and be kind of oh, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like within, I think within two years of leaving the program, she was in Scott Pilgrim. And then, you know, just I, okay. And, yeah. and, you know, Parks and Rec, like, yeah, she exploded. And I'm, I, I could not be more proud. Uh, and I'm sure she's very much looking for my uh, my, my approval. <laughs> well, she's one of our like 26 listeners. Sure, so. sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you, you said um, you said it was hard to get into. How did how did that process work for you to get into it? So I was a. Uh, I went to Rutgers and one of my best friends there had a dad that worked for NBC news. And I remember like I was a music major in college and I never, I, I I like was studying opera and I was good at it, but like I didn't have the intestinal fortitude to make it as an opera singer. Cause you have to like, it's one of those careers, like so much in the arts where like, if you don't love it, somebody who loves it more than you is going to try harder than you and make it. Mm. And like you, all, sure. you almost have to have like an insane amount of like I was naturally talented, but I didn't really have a love for it to the extent that like I would have needed to just like wade through rivers of shit for two decades to like yeah. make a dime doing it for a living. Like the the, the career trajectory of a, an opera singer is like you go to college, you study, you go to grad school, you study, you you just keep going, and, and then maybe you get like hired in like you know I don't know. Leipzig in Europe and, and you work there as like a junior artist and you bounce around and, and you just keep kind of studying. And then maybe by the time, like my voice would just now be coming into itself in terms of like, I could start seeking like big professional roles. Oh my God. And you no. have to live totally nomadic. Like you, it's hard to have a family. It's hard to do anything. You're just like, you're going where the roles and the money is uh, just to scrape by. And it, it wasn't for me. So I, towards the end of college, mm-hmm. I, it was the, uh, what was it? It would have been the 20, the 2004 elections. His dad was working the, okay. the election coverage. We went to, he was like, come in, check it out. Like, come see my dad. And, uh, my dad's like, show your friends around like the election coverage. Like took us into like the television studio and all, and the, the control room. And I was like, it was one of those moments where I was like, this is what I want to do. Oh my God. It was like totally magic of a 30 rock. And I started talking to him and I was like, well, what do you think? Like what he's like, well, are there any shows here? Like, yeah, uh, you know, what's your resume look like? And he's like, well, I can probably get you an interview. I can't get you a gig, but I can probably get you an interview at Conan. And I was like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. that would be a dream country. Again, yeah. another huge comedic influence. So I got an interview at Conan to be an intern back when like unpaid internships seemed like a really uh, great thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I gave yeah. my free labor to Conan for <laughs> two two semesters, 
And from there, I was like, I'm not leaving until I was working post-graduation, taking non-matriculated credits that I did not submit so that I did not have to pay for. And I basically told them, I'm going to stay here until you fire me or hire me. Like, yeah. I'm just going to keep coming in okay. four times a week until you either give me a job or tell me I'm not allowed to come in. And they're like, well, we, you're, you're, you're a good worker. You're reliable. We don't have anything open right now. Why don't you check out the page program? We can probably get you, uh, you know, again, we can probably get you an interview. Um, so I interviewed with the page program and there's like a three back then. It was like a three step interview process. There was um, a phone interview, a one on one and then a panel interview where a panel of like five people that were like, uh, you know, management of the program and then also just representatives of NBC around the uh, around the company in New York would be there and you'd have to give a presentation on a topic of your choice. Damn. And there would be like five other potential page candidates and they could take one, they could take all five, they could take none. And you were allowed to reapply to the panel if you wanted to. But I remember my strategy was I was like, everyone's going to be talking about like how they want to work in television, how they want to do this. And I was like, primarily when you are an NBC page, the bulk of your job is giving tours of 30 Rock, like to tourists. Right on. So I focused on how I'm really good with the public and I've been given tours my whole life of various things. And they were like, they they locked on that, got the job and uh, and it was great. It was was a, a really crazy very hectic 10 months of my life making like you were paid to be a page, but it was like $10 an hour mm. in, in the mid two okay. thousands in Manhattan. Yep. So, Wonderful. So I, together. <laughs> I lived in Newark, New Jersey at the time and commuted over um, on the train. Wait, you were in mid two thousands. So hold on. What years, two years were you there? A page. Yeah. Um, Oh, almost all of two. I think I, I think I got a job mm-hmm. from the page program in like November of 2006, and I would have had until January of 2007. Like that was the end. And the I'm last- just trying to figure out if you and I ever crossed paths because that's when I was in college at the School of Visual Arts. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, I just. I'm I'm upset that we didn't have our meet cute, but it's fine. Hey, look. <laughs> Katie still talks. My wife Katie talks about how. She went to she went on a trip to NYC and took a tour of 30 Rock in the NBC studio tour when I was lovely when I was a page there. So there's like a chance that um, that Where I get photos. That Where are the photos? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so you got to call them and see if they have the security footage. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give up. <laughs> you got to trace this back. Yeah. That's funny because that would have been the time period, like 2006, 2007. I would have been obsessed with NBC at the time because I was watching Conan all the time and like The Office would have been on at that time. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, it was definitely like a weird, not a ratings golden age, because I remember the entire time that I was there, we were always like middling around like third place, except for Sunday Night Football. We had just gotten Sunday Night Football and that was like a huge ratings thing. But in terms of scripted programming, you know, we were always kind of felt like we were like third or fourth of the big four networks but like yeah i i mean i got to work at conan during like the late night era which fucking awesome i I played one character no yeah i played one named character on that show when they found out i could it's still on my imdb 
uh, I played a character called the Whale Castrato. It was a new fall character because one of the writers found out I could sing opera. Oh, fuck yeah. And, and they... It's awesome. They were like, that's a really good thing for us to know, like that we have like somebody who can do that just like on staff here. I was like, we're not really staff. I'm not being paid. Um, but he's like, well, if you do a voiceover you'll get paid. I was like, Oh, awesome. So I did a, I did a once one off off camera voice and got paid scale. And the scale was like, I think I made $1,400 the first time it aired. And then every subsequent time it re aired, I would make 75% of what I was previously paid. Nice. And at the time Conan was re airing the NBC. And so I like, I got residual checks like for, a few years oh, and by okay. that they were like 78 cents <laughs> you know? oh hell yeah that's fun <laughs> to get got, though i could have got my sag card but i didn't i uh they called me they were like hey we noticed that you just got a credit if you'd like to join the screen actors guild you you can and i was like how much is it and they were like well it's 1800 dollars but because of your age and you know you're you're new, that rate's cut in half for a startup, and then you just have to pay the yearly fees. And I remember going like eighteen hundred dollars. You might as well even nine hundred dollars at the time. You might as well have told me it was like, yeah. well, you know, we need a dump truck full of gold doubloons. Mm-hmm. And I, so I was just like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to. I was like, well, I still get the residual. Like you'll get the residuals on this gig, and after that, we will not track your residuals anymore. If you do this again, you will only ever get paid for that first airing. I was like, all right, well, I'll just have to live with that. Thank you for your time. And I remember telling my parents like a year and a half later when it was too late to use that. And they were like, you fucking mm-hmm. idiot. We would have paid. Yeah. We would have floated you the $900. Oh, no. Like, a sag to have my Screen Actors Guild card. But, you know. You live, you live, you learn. Oh, yeah. Though I was running around like, just around like that time also making those kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want a little put in New York story, actually, like a stat. Um, For sure. Yeah, I need that. I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but at this point, it's land before time 15, lost in New York. I want it. <laughs> oh it the big buildings place because they always just like, apparently dinosaurs can speak perfect English, but they don't understand. They don't understand like proper nouns. Right. Well, look, <laughs> it doesn't make at this point. OK, dolphins, dolphins can talk to crickets, but dinosaurs can't. There's just chaos rules. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. T-Rexes can't speak to uh, like herbivores. Just because there was one movie where one of them was like said, like perspicacity. And they're like, you can say that, but you can't say the sun. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> you can't say leaves. It's gotten kind of <laughs> it's it's gotten kind of ridiculous at this point. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, all all the titles kind of say exactly how dumb you should expect the yes. big water. You know, I feel bad. This is the second time I've watched Sky, uh, like Spike be unsettled by drinking uh, salt water. And I just I growingly I, this whole time that we've been doing this, I just growingly had just have so much empathy for Spike. He just gets verbally shit on all the time. He just gets fat jokes about him and like. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. He's it's basically just like, a vehicle. Yeah, he is basically like, a vehicle. Yeah, he uh, like it's just like always like oh Spike. I don't know. It's just I'm uh, ready for Land Before Time. Like what are we thirteen? Spike's Revenge. I would like it. If, like, yeah, oh, you want it to get a lot darker. <laughs> I, I want it to be like Terrifier dark. Like like, <laughs> like everyone uncomfortable, but 
but but like make a hundred <laughs> times more than its budget in the box office. Didn't they make like some fucked up rated R like Muppets movie? Oh yeah, um, uh, um, uh, the Happy Time Murders. Oh yeah, okay, not official Muppets, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, but I'm saying like let's just do it with the like knockoff dinosaur. So I there's want really a little not my NBC hat back on, but there's the, the old Jim Henson stuff from early Saturday Night Live is real fucked up in terms oh, really? of like adult Muppet content. It's not like necessarily the Muppets oh, you yeah. recognize, but it's it's Henson Studios. Um, he oh, he, no. what's the story? He and he and Frank Oz got like high on acid and just painted an entire interior of a closet and 30 rock. Whoa. And that became the closet of Max Weinberg's dressing room. Like Beautiful. years down the line when Max Weinberg was the, the band leader for Conan. And like now that closet is like plexiglassed off because it's like an artifact. It's like, it's like, Oh, this is what Jim Henson did just totally tripping balls and uh and it's great it's like all psychedelic and swirly and different character designs and stuff like that it's very cool there's a little atlas obscura for you you know after watching 13 of his films uh that all makes sense Love it. (laughs) that all checks out uh i mean i did watch dark crystal and a fucking um uh why am i totally blanking oh labyrinth labyrinth so at this point i'm just like yeah you can tell me this man made anything that's really bizarre and i'd be like sure yeah sure yeah. Whatever drug he was on, I'm sure. Yeah, he made it. Good for him. <laughs> he would take any drug under the sun at a time, but he wouldn't take medicine. Uh, <sighs> God. God anyway. damn it, Jim. I'm sorry. I'm yelling. Let's take it out on this, Jim. Yeah. Jim <laughs> oh, Davis. Yeah, sorry. Creator of Battlefield. <laughs> he, he's he <laughs> down a peg. No, seriously. <laughs> Jim, it's about that time. I'm sorry, Kai. Everything's. Everything's uh, frozen for me, so yeah, I think it's about that time. <laughs> you know, folks, sometimes we all get a little bit frozen in our lives, and it's okay, you know? You just you really gotta, like, not worrying about concealing it and feeling it and, you know, worrying about whether or not they know. I mean, they probably already know, so just let it go, you know? Just let it go! You know, don't hold it back anymore. Just let it go. Seriously. You know, just let it go. You turn away, you slam the door, you don't care what they're going to say. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You let that storm rage on, all right? I mean, the cold doesn't even bother you anyways, so let's get back to the show, shall we? Oh, and I also need to get up early. I'm driving to Chicago tomorrow. Nice. Uh, super stoked about that. Scott's I've been me- craving yeah. Lou Malnati's, like, so bad lately. What? Uh, what's the food? Lou Malnati's. It's, it's one of the big... Um, it's like one of the big chain deep dish pizza places. Cool. Um, so I, I probably don't have much like local cred by saying that's like one of my favorite deep dishes because it's like it you know they're everywhere. But man, do I love I love well, Lumal Eyes. I'm sure they get enough business. So can I get a random business that you would like to promote that I can just dump over that? Chicago? No, just um, anywhere in the world. It's fine. Oh, We're in Chicago. You're yeah, let's stick to Chicago. There's a really great board game and collectible card game shop mm-hmm. in Chicago called Dice Dojo that when I was when I was training at I did two summers at IO uh, for two I did the uh, improv intensive the regular intensive the advanced intensive two summers in a row and um, so I spent like what like five weeks the first summer and almost four the second and every Friday night. Everybody else was going to improv shows, man. I was at Friday Night Magic, nice. uh, playing Magic the Gathering. Commitment. Joe, Joe, because I, I needed, 
I was like living and breathing comedy for everything else in my entire life for that entire time. Yeah. So I was like, mm-hmm. Friday nights, I'm going to go turn some cards. I'm going to turn some cardboard sideways and uh, have some fun with uh, with my with my new Magic the Gathering friends. It was such a blast. Really great shop. Huge. I think they might have two locations in Chicago, but a great spot. If you're, I, I'm assuming it's still, hopefully it survived COVID and everything's still good. I have no idea. I haven't been to Chicago since, since the summer of 2000. Yeah. Summer before lockdown. So I am dying to get back out there, but you know, it'll probably have to wait until either Joe and I randomly get into some comedy festival that we apply to after not performing for years Doesn't as our matter. duo. Go uh, for it. We we occasionally will just like throw it out there just to like see because yeah. you know, we know yeah. each other enough we can just jump on stage. Plenty um, of performers that I know do that, and it's oh, yeah, it's I'm still only, here for I don't, it. I don't have an outlet right now. Like I am, I am for all intents and purposes a retired improviser, uh, which is fine. I still do study hall, uh, but that's like I think I do it like once a quarter um, <laughs> at Crossroads Comedy Theater, in Philadelphia. It's been promoted uh, at least like 50 times at this sure, point in this podcast. It should. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Dice Dojo in Chicago. And yeah. That's, I'm probably going to try to get there early now, specifically because you're mentioning this. I want to check that place out. It's uh, awesome. Yeah. I forget what I forget what um, I, I just remember it being a quick, a relatively quick uh, L ride from IO from the IO stop. Uh, I think it's on the brown line. I'm not positive. Um, oh, I'm spoiled. I'll just pay for the parking and just find go. a place nearby. When I, I'm just going to go there straight when I drive There's in. There's a and, great yeah. Greek restaurant, like gyro spot, right near there. And a great pho place right near there. I forget what either of them are called, but they... And a great Mexican place. That place was... Oh, man. Dice Dojo was the best. Really great proximity to good food. I'm making it right up. up. It's still open, and it looks like it's like right by Edge Theater. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Dice Dojo. It was great. Well, now I know where I'm going tomorrow. I need to make sure... I'm actually going to speed through my FAFSA form and just get shit wrong just to make sure I can get there early enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's about that time. I have a few feelings about this movie, but uh, if either of you would like to share any of your final notes, feel free. Uh, Uh, Sure. uh, Final feelings about this film. I... I've had stronger opinions on the variance in fast food meals that I've had where I order the same thing every time I go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's slightly different in one direction or another. I've had stronger opinions about that than I have about this film. <laughs> Did you? Like, the whole yeah. point of this place is consistency. Why is why is the cheese melted this time I go, but next time it's not? What's going on, guys? Um, so anyway. That's fair. That's very that's accurate. <laughs> no, that's that's totally fair. I honestly, I when we first started recording, I was like, wait, which movie was this, and what happened? Because I, <laughs> it's been really, uh, it's been really hard uh, with these movies. I flat out just forgot the plot. Sure, it was just nope. I didn't remember any of it. Um, Jim, did you ever think? Yeah, I. The only thing I had was the ending was kind of like the Lord of the Rings book because. In, if you ever read Lord of the Rings, there's a chapter where it's like, and then they just walked home. That's yep. what they did. And they visited all their friends on the way back. That, <laughs> and that was the end of this movie. <laughs> yep. It's like the, the episode of The Simpsons where it's like, and eventually the children were rescued by, oh, let's say, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is that the one where they they uh, there's like a Lord of the Flies episode? The oh yeah, yeah. The bus crashes or something like that, and they and uh, and they all get trapped on. It's the how many monkey butlers will there be episode <laughs> one at first, but they will train others. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, yeah. That is the... Literally got James Earl Jones to come in and record the voiceover for the end of the episode. It says, and eventually the children were rescued by, oh, let's say, Mo. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, that show has such good simple jokes. Yeah. It's just like, it's like obvious. The, that those those really good years the absolute like um uh economy of the number of jokes they had it was just like just all killer no filler probably like three or four a minute depending like especially if you consider sight gags like yeah it's just non-stop they just had like like john Vitti and george meyer and mm. john schwartzwalder all his writers yeah. there and they were like and they were like we're just gonna pack everything full of jokes yeah just absolutely just 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 a, a gatling gun of, of of jokes but i've i don't know if you've ever read any of john schwartzwalder's books but his books are very very similar no i'm working my way through house of leaves right now and it's it's oh uh, okay it's a fun not fun fun's the wrong word it's a. Uh, it's been it's been engaging and rewarding so far. I, I really enjoy it. Oh, I'll, I'll plug that. The 2000, <laughs> the, the book that came out in the year 2000, mm-hmm. uh, if, if anyone likes liminal spaces, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good horror novel, maybe about. Uh, yeah. Check out House of Leaves. Have you listened to the album by his sister? No, it's like. Yeah, let me look up because his sister's a famous artist and her name escapes me at the moment. But I, I'd say it and you'd recognize her name. Saint Vincent, by the way, is the polyphonic spree member. Thank you, of that. Thank you for polyphonic spree. I appreciate you clarifying. <laughs> this came to me. Poe, his sister's Poe. Oh wow! What I love yeah. is that that's in the episode with no context for anybody other than oh, the two podcast. Thank you for clarifying. For just speaking of liminal spaces, um, <laughs> um, it, I, I'm going to just say a few quick tiny feelings I had about this movie. Um, I got to say they could have just like I was pissed when um, the parents were just like confused on what to do and like mo didn't have to do like this weird like sound wavy thing because they could have just looked left and been like oh there are kids <laughs> like it was just so fucking easy to see them in the skyline that kind of pissed me off uh i thought petrie's imaginary friend was adorable i like that when they gave him wings i thought mm-hmm. the line in a world full of life you're the only alone as you choose to be i was like shut the fuck up grandpa people suck <laughs> bad advice (laughs) that was i remember i wrote down for that part i was like they're just brushing aside his feelings he's like man i'm lonely and they were like well sometimes you get lonely kid like get over it yeah yeah wasn't down with that i didn't like what grandpa had to say there yeah make friends i don't know get over it kid (sighs) he gets weird advice from a lot of strange like from adults in this whole franchise Uh, a lot of the strangers that he's just like bumps into sure uh yeah other than that no outdated 90s advice um i don't i just wanted to ask did either one of you catch that weird like that nod between ducky's mom and and petrie's mom 
like, oh, like a knowing glance. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but like yeah, randomly towards the end when they all met up, they just kind of like gave each other like, "What's up?" <laughs> and um, it was just like a subtle nod that I was just like, "Did they like agree to something? Is there something happening?" Like, uh, <laughs> like, hey, my husband and I noticed you from across the bar. <laughs> we're, we were looking for a third. <laughs> Who knows? Honestly, I, I really hope this is a situation. I don't know if they have like an upside down egg situation in order like, to kind of <laughs> to indicate. Uh, uh, I don't know what the what the trick is there, but uh, I, speaking of uh, promotions, though, did you have something else you'd like to promote? Let's go Crossroads Comedy Theater in general, xroadscomedy.com. But um, just, uh, our pals do shows. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, other than that, no, I don't I don't think I do. Tight. Um, any philosophies? Uh, no cults. Oh, no. Um, okay. No uh, uh, philosophies. Uh, I, I think that, uh, anyone who earnestly seeks redemption should be able to, uh, pursue it. Right. I fucking like that. Actually. I'm with that. That actually, uh, take that Kate, for a moment with your just simple promotion of just kindness. You know, no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. take that out. Earnestly, <laughs> earnestly being the key word there, not just to save your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, for watching this movie. Uh, I'm glad we only talked about it a little bit, but I'm sorry. I'm also sorry you watched it. It's all good. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> Jim, you're great too. Thank you for also watching it on two times oh, speed. Thank you. I watched it. For, I watched it for a half hour. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be back next week. Jim, actually we're going to be doing land before time, the great migration. Uh, and remind me who are we going to be doing it with? I think is that you my told friends. Me, I think. Is that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that Jesse and Victoria? Then Jesse and Victoria are going to be here. Great. They're uh, great. We are going to be back they are. next week. <laughs> yeah. uh, great. Uh, speaking of the great migration, uh, we're actually going to be back next week with uh, 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 Victoria and Jesse. Boom. And they're going to be here. And I'm so excited because I've never met them before and I have no idea who they are. They're great. They're, they're new in Philadelphia. We'll see, folks. Maybe they're terrible. We'll come back next week. <laughs> I'm not ending with that. Yeah, put I'm that out there. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Later, y'all. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go, uh, it would be super swell if you took a second to like, rate, review, uh, follow on whatever app you use to listen to us. That would be cool. Like, even like four stars with the word okay is super helpful. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be greatly appreciated. You can also follow us on all the social medias, Rotten underscore Treasure for Instagram. I think it's Rotten Treasure flat out on, uh, oh, geez, what do we call it? X? Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, or just follow us in real life. We could use some stalkers. Oh, please don't do that. Uh, but you can follow us on TikTok. That's cool. We do some silly things. And by we, I mean me, because Jim doesn't give a fuck about social media. Uh, yeah, thanks, y'all. I appreciate you.